Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are chatting with Brittany M. Reed, a visual artist and artist consultant. Brittany has focused on collage in the past, but recently they have transitioned to painting. And I will also add that Brittany is such a valuable member of our magazine team. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. I'm like, couldn't be happier to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so hyped to be here and to have a very beautiful conversation with you today. This is my first podcast. Oh my gosh, something to celebrate. And yeah, it's been a long time coming. I mean, you have been writing for our magazine for you know a few issues now and just sharing so much valuable knowledge and advice and wisdom with artists. So we're just super grateful. But today I... I'm just looking forward to diving into your journey as a visual artist and to talk a little bit about the work you do as an artist consultant and just to like kind of see what's on the horizon for you. So tell us about your journey and how it's ebbed and flowed over the years. So I think that for, yeah, ebb and flowing is a really good way to put it, honestly. (laughs) Um, And I think that is the case for many artists. For me, You know, I studied visual and performing arts as an undergraduate in college. It let me kind of dip my toe into a lot of different mediums, photography, acrylic paints, pastels, watercolors. And then I graduated and I I kind of immediately stopped doing anything creative just because life happened. And then, you know, I became a mother. I worked a lot of jobs. I worked really hard to support my family and I my creative side, my creative self just kind of fell by the wayside, unfortunately. But there was always something within me that said, like, you know, you have to get this out. So then in 20, like very tail end of 2019, we're talking like December 2019, I became more familiar with the local arts community. And I saw what they were doing in terms of collage. And I really admired what they were doing. And I thought to myself, I, I think I can do something like this. And I challenged myself um, and I started making my own collage. And then the pandemic hit, no lie, within a couple months. And my brain said, I guess you better stick with this if you want to survive this, because I really needed to focus on something that wasn't work or childcare, or things like that. And the pandemic in a way was a little bit of a blessing. It feels weird to say that, but it really let me throw my whole heart and soul into creating. Uh, and it just took off. I, I, I got in really closely with the local collage community. Um, I, I got, grew a really large social media following and it felt really good to be supported uh, in doing something that, you know, I felt was just for me, right? It wasn't caring for somebody. It wasn't working for a paycheck. It was just something that was creating something just for my my soul. And that might sound dramatic, but that's how it felt. And I, I did that for years, you know, from probably, you know, December of 19 until very recently, I was just immersed in collage, very prolific, almost 300 pieces, over 20 shows, very, very busy. And then this summer, it got to the point where I was like, I don't think I want to do collage anymore. Just it, it was it wasn't that simple. It was a lot more insidious than that, but I just felt like I had taken it as far as it could go. And I missed painting. I had started doing interior collages in in a new home I had moved into and I wanted to get back to painting. So I started dabbling in painting more and I've slowly transitioned to abstract paintings now. And that's what I spend my time doing now. And it's beautiful and lovely. And it's a very huge shift from working with paper and glue and scissors. Now I work in a very messy, disgusting studio with all my paints everywhere and dirty, you know, jars of water. But, you know, it's something that needed to happen naturally for me as an artist. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's beautiful to hear more about your process. And also something you said that really stood out to me is, you know, you allowed your work to change and you gave yourself permission to try something new. And I think that so often when we're building our art careers, when we're starting out, it's very easy to feel like you need to continue in whatever it is that you started working in, like whether that be collage or painting. And I think, you know, the fact that you like intuitively, I suppose, recognized that you wanted to shift gears and, you know, start painting and and painting abstract and then allowed yourself to do that is a beautiful thing. Did you feel any like fear around that because you'd built a social media following for collage or did you just kind of feel like, you know what, let it be like, I need to do this. How did it go? I was so scared. And I feel a little silly saying that because it's like, it's my work, right? It's near and dear Mm -hmm. to me. It's not really designed to be, it's not designed for approval for the masses, but Mm -hmm. I felt so much apprehension in kind of letting collage go for a little bit that I really was internally conflicted about it for days and days. I really had to sit with it and think about what was happening within me. You know, I think I was in denial at first. I think I thought, is this, this can't be real. Like I can't really be letting go of this medium that's so precious to me. And I think as artists, we can't really hold things that precious to us because that inhibits our growth so tremendously. So I really had to think about why was I feeling that way? Why did I feel, I kind of felt like I was betraying my community, which is so ridiculous now looking back on it in hindsight, because it was, I I didn't make collage for the community to begin with. I made it for me. So I think it really helped shift my perspective on where I had gotten in my career in general. Like, was I just making work for the community at that point? And I think if that was the case, it was definitely time to put down collage because that's not that's not what my art is for. My art is for me. And I feel very strongly about that. Even though I have, you know, a really wonderful audience on social media, I have always said I'm not a content creator. I do not pump out content for people. I pump I, I don't pump out art. I create art because I want to process the way that I feel. I want to process my experiences. But that's not for mass consumption. So I really had, it was really a a personal reckoning for myself in in that moment. But yeah, it was definitely frightening for me. And it was a hurdle I had to overcome so that I could get to that next step of growth. Yeah, I so appreciate you sharing that because I cannot tell you how many artists that I know or that I've worked with. And I've experienced this myself where it's like, you work in a particular style for, you know, however many years, like I used to create these large abstract beeswax paintings that I loved and I might return to them at some point, but I felt that intuitive shift of like, you know, maybe four years ago, this isn't aligned anymore, or at least not right now. I felt a pull towards a different kind of painting, but I had poured so much into creating, I guess, just increasing visibility for that particular style of work. So there is, I think, naturally some fear that comes up. And I think it's good to have these open conversations because a lot of artists I talk to that are ready to shift and are feeling, you know, that anxiety or just whatever it might be, that discomfort, feel alone in that. So how would you say now that you're creating abstract work, like how has that impacted you on a personal and creative level? Collage is so different from painting and not in a good way or a bad way. It's just different. And, you know, when I was creating collage, it was a lot of like hunting and gathering because I, I create my collages from found materials. And that might mean, you know, sourcing my material from eBay or from the Goodwill where I go out to a thrift shop and I look for very specific types of media and I purchase it. Or I go and somebody says, hey, I'm donating these magazines. And I go through and I'm sifting through and I'm looking for specific materials and I bring it home. And I'm very intentional about the types of subjects that I'm working into my work. And then I really have to be extremely precise about what I'm cutting out and how I'm placing it. And it just requires so much control and so much deliberation in my work, 
Whereas with this abstract work, it's totally different. There, there are no subjects, first of all. So that's gone. And sometimes I plan out the work, but most of the time I don't. It's really just me looking at a palette and then making shapes. And so it's really a, essentially I've, I've let go of a lot of the control. And I think that needed to happen because I was, I was just clinging to the control so tightly by the time I finally let go of collage that it was not healthy. You know, I wanted to control so many aspects of the work. It wasn't fun anymore. It was, it made me feel tense, tight. I had lost the joy of it. I wasn't looking forward to it anymore. You know, I would walk away from a piece when I was halfway done and I wasn't looking forward to finishing it anymore. I, I, but I didn't realize it in the moment. But now with painting, it's like, let's see what comes out of me right now. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I really sometimes will take maybe three weeks to complete a painting. And it won't be a very large painting. It might be a 12 by 12. That's very different from collage, you know? I was just very, like, I knew what I wanted. I was very locked in and I would get it done in like four days sometimes and sometimes still wouldn't be satisfied. But with abstract painting, it's like there isn't any right or wrong wrong way that I want this painting to come out. So however it comes out is however it's just meant to be. And I'm still learning a lot, right? Because I took a lot of time off from painting. I haven't really painted since I was an undergraduate and that was years ago. So I'm still learning my style, my method. I'm I'm still learning about the differences in paints. So for me, this is purely exper- experimental in some ways. So there's a lot of fun. There's just like a giddiness to it that I I remember in the beginning of collage that I feel like I, I've lost. So, and because that's there, I look forward to doing it more and the colors too, right? Like I still insist on using a very bright color palette, just like I did with my collages, but I have a lot, it's funny because I have more control over my work because I'm not using existing media, but I've, I've let go of a lot of the control. It's kind of interesting how those two concepts work with each other there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful to hear that you've rediscovered the joy because although that might sound simple, it's profound. And it's actually the most important part of making art is feeling that joy and that genuine excitement. And like, I always say like, you know, having a love affair with your work, like you're thinking about it during the day, you can't wait to get to your easel or whatever it is, whatever kind of work you make um, in the evening or whenever you make your work. But when once you start to lose that, because I've experienced that as well, it's really important to tune into that and to change things because then it's like, what's the point? Why am I even doing this if I'm feeling tense? And I have everything you were saying, I was like, oh yeah, I have felt that before. That sense of wanting to control things or frustration. And, you know, I, I've mentioned, but like hearing you talk about your journey reminds me of something that I said to like I, myself, I guess, a while ago, which is my, I now feel that my goal in life is to like return. It's almost like a quest to return to how I made art as a child in the sense that when we make art as children, we're not thinking about the end result. We're so excited whether, you know, it's, I'm like, that's my whole journey. That's my real purpose as an adult is to get back to that, you know? And I think it is a journey. And it's also a lot of undoing and unlearning and being intuitive, approaching our, our art careers, our art practices intuitively. So I just really appreciate you sharing that. It's so funny how you mention getting back to that childlike wonder of working on art and not worrying about, oh, does this look right? Does this not look right? Is, am I going to get judged for the way that I did this? Are people going to like it? Because I have an eight-year-old. And she is quite the artist. And I observe the way that she paints and draws. And it's so funny because she's not worrying about posting it. Obviously, she doesn't have social media. And the way her pieces come out, you can tell she has no restrictions in her imagination. 
she just does what she wants because her heart tells her so. And I think that is such a beautiful thing that we lose as we grow for any number of reasons. You know, it could be because of our schooling. It could be because of judgment. It could be because of social media. And I want to recapture that feeling of, let me just do this because I want to do it. You know, let me try this way of painting because I feel like I want to do it. Let me not worry about, is this the right way or the wrong way? And I think with painting, something that is distinctly different from collage is there's a lot of elitism within this community that doesn't exist within collage. And that's part of the reason why I love collage so much is because it's such an accessible medium. Painting is very different, which I think is why I got away from it for a while. It can get very expensive you know, within some circles, you might find that you just simply don't belong. You might feel that you don't belong. I, I want to shake that off of me when I go into my studio, right? Because it's my studio, it's my work. And I, I've even gotten out of the habit of using social media as much because I find that looking at other people's work is actually more harmful than not. I make work that's very colorful, that's very whimsical, that might be considered lowbrow, but I love it. And that's really all that matters to me right now. I'm not really interested in submitting my paintings to shows right now. Like I said, I'm in a very experimental phase. I just want to do what feels good for me right now. And I think a lot of artists lose that as they kind of advance in their careers, especially when they might be switching mediums. They are still in the mindset of, oh, I want to, you know, I want to submit. I want to get this out into the world. For me right now, I've let go of that. And even though that was very frightening, it's very liberating. Yes, yes. I, I mean, so many important things that you just said. I'm like, where do I even start? But yeah, it is it is liberating. And it's like sh starting to shed these expectations that we put on ourselves. Because I think the more that we do that, I mean, it is a balance. Growing, growing your art career, building an art career, it is that balance. Because if you start to sway too much in the direction of creating work for social media or solely focusing on what you think galleries might be looking for or what these, you know, art organizations might be looking for. Uh, it can be harmful for your work. And I think it's like, especially when you're starting with a new medium or um, working in a different style, it's like a very precious, fragile little you know, seed that you have to protect and nurture. And like, you have to just give it the time that it needs to grow. Like I've, I've worked with a lot of artists in my, like in my one-on-one -on -one program or in my group program who at, at some point they've decided to switch mediums or styles or work in a different genre. And a lot of times the fear comes up, but I always tell them, give yourself at least six months, at least minimum just to see how this feels and to get into it. And you can be private about it during that time and don't even think about submitting or anything, just focus on the work. And I usually say like, consider this a personal residency that you are gifting to yourself because it actually really is a gift. I personally took um, like three years off of submitting. Part of that was to like build VAC and to do all that work. But but honestly, a big part of it was outside of building my company was I was started, you know, four years ago, I made that decision to change styles and I was really called to abstract landscape. And uh, I knew that it would be a gift to myself if I just allowed my work the time that it needed to evolve without any external pressures. And it has been a gift. So I just really appreciate you sharing that and telling us a little bit about your experience. And also, I'm just so happy to hear that you've like rediscovered joy. That's huge. You know, it's, it's so funny how you mention how your work ha has evolved or how you let it evolve over, you know, X amount of years. And I see your work now and I've seen your abstract landscapes and they are so stunning. And I wonder sometimes if you go back to the very beginning of your work and you look at it, and you think, oh my God, this is so different from what it is now. Because I will go back, and I mean, I just started painting again in August. But even now, my work, just from, from August, is so different 
from what it looks like now. I can't believe it. And in it's so funny because in my mind, and this probably happens with other artists when they switch mediums, they probably are like, oh my God, yeah, this is, this is bang and this is great. I am making the most incredible work. And if you just let it, <laughs> if you just let it marinate, and if you just keep working on it, you will be so shocked at what comes out of you over time. And I'm only, you know, a few months into painting again. And it's like two different people made this work compared to what I was making this summer, because I have really started to, first of all, find my style. My style was all over the place in the beginning, didn't know where I was going. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But also like I'm taking my time. I'm not in a rush. I'm coming back to my work and really refining. I'm getting really intentional with, you know, the brush strokes, the shading. And not everybody does that, but like that's part of my style now. That's what I want to do. Uh, And so it's just incredible how just the progress I made in a few short months. So when you say, you know, like it took years, I can only imagine how different your paintings look from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like, it's exciting too, because you think, well, if I'm creating this now, I wonder what my work is going to look like in in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years. I always say like, your best work is still ahead of you. And that's a really exciting thing to think about. And also, if you're looking back and your work is exactly the same two years ago, five years ago, however long ago as it is now, like if it's exactly the same, there might not be that much growth. You know, like it's a sign of growth when our work changes and when we allow it to change. And sometimes it can feel scary, but I think for the most part, it just is a really exciting thing. And it is a gift. You know, whenever I work with an artist who is feeling, um, how would I say, like, like they're in, like they're feeling stuck and they're not sure what direction to take. They don't know if they want to change styles. They just, I, you know, but they're also feeling this pressure simultaneously to get their work out there into the world and to advance their art careers. I'm like, just take a beat, truly just take a minute for yourself and think about, you know, just dial in, like turn inward and really think what kind of work it is that you want to make. So I just love that you found that. I love that you're seeing so much growth already in such a short period of time. And, you know, it's a reminder, like I always say, even however many years into my art practice I'm, I am now, I'm still at the very, very beginning, you know, and you're at the very beginning. And I, that's, I think like the best place to be because you can only go forward. You can only go up. And, you know, I know in like 20 years, 30 years, we'll be looking back on this and it will be really cool to see how much has grown and changed since then. But Brittany, I also wanted to ask you so many questions for you because I feel like we've gotten a a good sense of, you know, your creative practice, but you're also an artist consultant. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yes. So I work with other artists, mostly very, very early, you know, emerging artists who very honestly feel frustrated with where they are. Not all the time, though. Sometimes they're more established artists and they might need help just getting more familiar with technology and how it can help them progress their careers. I really enjoy working with people who have a certain vigor and, you know, they really are interested in how, you know, I, I know what I want to do. I'm excited, but I just don't know how to get there. You know, I love people who can bring that sort of optimism because I think that I match them in terms of energy. So really it's my job to help them leverage things like marketing, social media skills, technology to help them improve their workflows. That's because I have so much experience in tech. I've been working in tech for almost six years. So I'm not just an artist. I also work full time. So I have the uh, uncanny ability to kind of combine these two skills to kind of boost artists' workflows and their productivity. And I love doing it because it's super easy for me. And it's second nature for me just because it's what I do every day. But for a lot of artists, it's not. So it's more than my pleasure to get them on solid ground so that they can start doing things like 
project management or, you know, inventory management, things like that, that I think they don't really think about. You know, I think when artists who are emerging think, okay, I want to start selling my artwork. They don't think about, okay, the logistics of getting a website off the ground, but I'm here to help them do that and to kind of break the steps down one by one. So either they can work with me and I can hold their hand through that process and that's no problem, or I can give them a course that I've created where they can actually just do it, you know, self-directed. That's totally fine too. I can help them set up their Shopify's. Shopify sites. There's just a whole lot of things that I do with artists in terms of getting them in a place where they feel self-sufficient to do the things that they need to do on their own. That's what I think artists should be able to do. I don't want them to have to lean on me all the time because I don't think that's helpful. I want them to be able to do things in a way that makes sense for them on their schedules for their lifestyles. That's amazing. And I have no doubt that you are incredible. Um, you have such a great energy and presence. And I also just, you're so knowledgeable. And, you know, I think like every artist truly, no matter what stage they're at in their career, benefits from some kind of mentor or just having someone, because it's like, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but as a creative, as an artist, so much of your time is spent alone in the studio and just having that support system, someone to, whether it's like accountability or to show you things that you didn't know how to do or to check in with you and maybe give you feedback on your work. These are really helpful. And I would argue like essential parts of, or, you know, essential to your growth as an artist. Um, so I just appreciate so much that you're, you're doing that and you're supporting artists and that you love doing it. And would you say that it's impacted you creatively or like on a personal level? Like what's been the impact since you started working with artists in this capacity? It's so funny because I consider myself very much an introvert, like a through and through hardcore introvert. And when I am meeting with clients, they, oh, and I tell them this all the time, like I'm an introvert, I really am. And they always say, are you sure? Um, because I'm very warm. I'm very bubbly with them. And that's because I'm very energized by the things that they're telling me. I can tell that they love what they're doing. They're very passionate about it. And I honestly think that rubs off on me. And so when I leave these meetings with my clients, I never feel drained like I normally would during you know a social event. I feel, I, I almost feel like giddy and excited because I want to see how they're doing. I want to track their growth. I want to be their cheerleaders. I want to support them. So yeah, I, I get really invested in their success stories and I start following them on social media. I check in with them. I want to see how they're doing. I want to, you know, I like all their posts. I am really, truly, I, I want to say mentor, but it's beyond that because I, I really am invested in where they're going to go not just as an artist, because of course I want to see them succeed as an artist, but I want them to be happy as an individual because you can be a very successful artist and still be very miserable. So it's my goal to try and help them make sure that they have a good balance because I know so many artists who just don't have that balance. In turn, I think it's forced me to have a better look at my own life and make sure that I have that same balance. Yes, yes. And also you said something that really resonated, uh, which is you can be a successful, you know, a quote unquote successful artist, depending on what, how you define success and be unhappy. And I have seen this time and time again with artists who are making six figures a year from their, from selling their art represented by multiple galleries and who are not feeling uh, creatively fulfilled. I have also seen artists that sell tons of work and are represented by multiple galleries and are really, really happy. It just, I think it's like, you know, really thinking about what success means to you. You could be not earning a dime from your work and be feeling really successful as an artist because you're fulfilling that creative, you know, impulse, that need, that desire that you have to, to make art. Um, but I think it's really important to get that clarity on what that looks like. And also if you're feeling stuck at any point to reassess, you know, as we were talking about earlier, like it's okay to go back to the drawing board and redefine what success means for you and your art career. And it sounds like you've done that. 
and I appreciate that you're supporting others and helping them to do that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I tell people all the time, there really is no starting over if you're an artist. You don't ever lose that. You're always going to be an artist. That's not like a skill that can be taken away. You will always have that. Sometimes you just need a mindset shift, which is another thing that I help artists with. Sometimes you might feel like you're not making any progress because, and this is maybe the number one thing that artists who are my clients come to me and get really upset about. They say, well, I'm not gathering enough followers. I'm not, I don't have enough growth. And that what they're referring to is followers. I have to tell them like, I need you to focus on something outside of the scope of social media, because that is not a good marker of growth. I need you to actually focus on your personal growth as an artist, because just because you don't have all those eyes on your art on social media has nothing to do with your creative growth. So we look at other things that they can actually focus on. Like, let's take a look at where your work was a year ago. What does it look like compared to now? Let's take a look at how we can get you some uh, applications to open calls. Look, let's look at some publishing opportunities. Let's look at where you might be able to show your work outside of social media. Let's look at some gallery opportunities. I think we get consumed with just not necessarily the wrong things as artists, but I, I think we get misdirected sometimes. And there's no, you know, there's no fault in that. It happens with everybody and we just need some redirection. Totally. It's like sometimes we can't, what is the saying? See, see the forest through the trees. Yeah. And I think like it happens too, where I'm working with artists and sometimes they'll express a lot of concern over their social media following. And I'm like, don't even look at the numbers, focus on sharing the work, showing up and sharing the work with genuine intentions. And that's the only thing you have control over anyway. Like you can't control you. Know, sometimes I get a hundred followers overnight. Sometimes I lose 30 followers in a few hours. I have no idea why. And I've stopped. I, w- I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't look at the numbers, but I definitely don't perseverate over them in the way that I used to, because that's also not important. Like it's, I think coming back to that idea, uh, what do you really want to get out of your creative practice? And I think for many artists, it's to see growth and to have that outlet and to, you know, as you said at the beginning of this episode, a place to process, you know, but it is going to be different for each artist and it's getting that clarity. And uh, it's like kind of how do you measure success for yourself? Like, what are those markers of success? What are those benchmarks? Because it's usually not how many followers you have on social media. And, you know, I really started to notice this. When I moved to New- back to New York City uh, a few years ago, and I started going to the Chelsea galleries, and I would take tons of photos to post to VAC, and I would tag the artists, thinking these artists are going to have like hundreds of thousands of followers. You know, they're showing at the Chelsea galleries in New York City, and so many of them had like small, you know, or at least smaller than I thought uh, followings on Instagram. And I was like, and then they would message me and be like, "Thanks for sharing." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like. It, we have this black and white idea sometimes of like, you know, what it means to be a successful artist, but then you realize um, you can be showing at a top gallery and have, you know, what's considered a relatively small following on social media. It's not about that. It's about like if your work is aligned to that gallery and, and, and if they're aligned to you and, you know, that connection. So, yeah, it's an important point to remember. You know... The more we talk about social media, the more <laughs> I I realize that it is, you know, it's it's my relationship with social media is very much like my creativity, right? It, it ebbs and flows. So sometimes I'll be incredibly active on there. And I have a very mixed relationship with social media. I love social media for my art because it lets me provide information for free that can be very useful for people in terms of tips, tricks, educational materials that I think would be you know helpful for artists. And I love it for that. That's when it makes me feel really happy. What I do not love is, you know, I'm the kind of person who would love to just not show their face. And social media is going to kind of encourage me to do that more, um, kind of put me in a place that's outside of my comfort zone. And it's to the point where I'm very much used to it now, whereas a couple of years ago, I wasn't. But 
I will often talk to clients who are very introverted and they will say, you know, I'm not really comfortable showing my face and I won't ever encourage them to do it, but I'll say, you know, the algorithm would desire that from you. It would love (laughs) you to do that. Um, But obviously don't do anything you're not comfortable with. And that's, I think that's the rub, right? Like you can send out information that's great, um, but at what cost to your mental health? And I mean, it's gotten to the point where I really have had to kind of bake in time away from social media so that I can actually have a sustainable social media presence. And at the same time, it's now getting to the point where it's like, I kind of just want to be in my studio painting with the door shut and not really sharing things. And that's okay. And I'm sure the desire will come back again where I start sharing more information. But again, it's a whole new phase in my artistic career where I'm painting. I'm not with the same community now. I mean, I am, I I still have, you know, largely the same followers, but are they interested in the same things? I don't really know if they're interested in my painting. It's all kind of risky, but at the end of the day, you just kind of have to, like you said, put it out there uh, and hope for the best because that's all you can do. I'm not going to sit there and worry about how many followers I'm losing or gaining. I'm just going to put out my best work. Yes. Yes. And this kind of goes back to like the, how we started the conversation, letting go of control, surrendering, Yes, uh, <laughs> you know, and a lot, and like, really it's, I think this, you can apply this to so many parts of the creative practice, even actually making the work, right? I can, this happens to me all the time where I show up, I have a clear idea of the kind of landscape I want to create, the kind of mood. I select the color palette. I have some reference images and then like a quarter way through, halfway through, the painting takes a completely different direction. I'm like, I can either go with this or I can fight this. But I find the more that I choose to flow with it, it takes me to a really beautiful and very different place. And then I'm not frustrated. I'm surprised and I'm excited. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool if I embrace this. You know, this is something that I never imagined this painting was going to be. And I think we can apply that to like, our art careers and just other parts of our life, letting go. I mean, we were actually just chatting about this before we started recording. When you let go of control, uh, oftentimes something better happens or comes along that you couldn't have anticipated or created yourself. So it's a lesson. It's a practice. It is a learned skill for sure. And it has to be developed over time. Some people never develop it. Here I am in, you know, my late thirties and I'm still (laughs) developing it. Uh, and it's, it takes practice every day and you're right. Once you realize that good things can come from you letting go of control, then you begin to trust yourself more, but it is certainly a matter of letting go at first. And this can be applied to any number of situations, you know, especially your creative practice. I think for me, once I started letting go of collage and transitioning to painting, I really thought that I was going to have the same level of control over my paintings and that was going to fly. And I learned very quickly that it was not going to fly because the work was coming out wonky and bizarre and not in a good way. And now that I've really kind of let go and let myself make mistakes and be sloppy and messy and silly and weird, now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, all of those things needed to happen. That was all necessary. Um, but, you know, it, you really do have to just like, you're going to waste money. You're going to have garbage work. And that's totally fine. But I feel like we're not talking about that enough. I feel like social media has this thing where like everything's so nice that people are sharing and so beautiful. And it's like, I really do try and share work that I don't like because I don't see that enough. And I know you painters out there are making ugly stuff and you're not (laughs) sharing. I need to see it, please. It's so true. Like, Okay, I love that you brought this up because I was just in a session with an artist earlier where we were taught we were talking about this as well. Like I had a professor in college who said, 
you have to make 10 bad paintings to make one good one. And that's actually a pretty good ratio, you know? And it's true. I mean, you have to make, there's another artist and she's, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. Her, her approach, her mindset is, I mean, I mentor her, but I've learned so much from her. And she's like, I'm ready to start a new series, which means I've got to start making a lot of really bad work. You know, she's like, let me just get it out of the way. Because <laughs> like, I got to get this series done. And she said it so casually that it was like, oh yeah, you're right. That's just a nor. It's like normalizing that that's part of the process. And it's true. And I will share with you that, uh, especially, you know, with VAC and I'm always putting myself out there in a very public way. I have felt a pressure with my own art Instagram to keep it very, very curated and only show my best work. But a few months ago, I started sharing my sketchbook pages just in my stories, but they're messy. And some of them are like, quite frankly, just not, you know, not very appealing. And and some of them are totally unrelated to like my landscape. You know, it's like just a 30 second scribble. But I started showing it because it felt like when I was sharing those, just, you know, flipping through the pages of the sketchbook in my story, that it was kind of like inviting people into this like private space. And it actually felt really good. And funny thing is I got way more messages than if I just post like a finished, like I got so many messages because I think people felt that I was opening up and kind of like, here's some messy work that you know, it's not perfect, but like, this is what I've been working on. And yeah, I love that you're sharing it. And and I appreciate that. And I think that's something that I aim to do a little bit more of as well is to like show the process. And there was an artist and I cannot think of her name, but I saved the video. She posted a reel on Instagram. I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. And it was her, it was like a time-lapse where she was painting a landscape. And I think she maybe was using oil, but at the end of it, I mean, she finished it and you're like, this is gorgeous. And then she took a rag and wiped everything away because she wasn't satisfied with it. And then she wrote like, even if you end up throwing away or like wiping away whatever you painted, it's not time wasted. It's just spending time with your work and just the fact that you sat down and you painted and you learned something. And it was so beautiful. It resonated with me so much because I I don't know if you have felt like this before, like thinking back to when you were creating collage, but I used to feel that if I didn't yield something, if I didn't produce something that I would post, you know, on Instagram or or put on my website that it that I had somehow wasted time. And now I'm like, no, anytime, even if it's just 30 minutes that I'm playing around in the paints and I'm not producing anything, it's still time that I'm connecting with my creative practice. There's value. There's so much value in that. That's, it's so incredibly valuable. And, you know, people have been doing this for millennia, really, um, without witnesses, without anything. I mean, you think about like the cave paintings, I mean, there were witnesses, but there's, you know, there's no social media, there was no cameras, there was, there was nothing. But we have, you know, we have the muscle memory. We have the memories in our mind. We have the hours upon hours that we're building with those skills. We have, it's so good for our mental health to be able to sit down and do something that we love and is nourishing for our mind and our spirit. If anything, sharing something so sacred can actually be harmful. So it's so interesting that you felt that it was wasted in the past if it wasn't shared. And if anything, it could have actually been the exact opposite. It could actually have been harming you. I think that that's obviously the, the biggest problem with social media, right? Is it starts to kind of warp our mind in terms of what we can do creatively or, or what our creative work means to us. Because for me, and I think with many artists, it is something that is so sacred. Um, and that's why, you know, now that I have a home studio and I can close the door and be very private, it's like, okay, this is something that's near and dear to me. And if nobody ever sees it, that's fine. Because this came out of my heart. And, you know, it's like a love letter just written in colors. 
and it's a love letter to myself. And if I share that on social media, that's very heavy. And I think about this a lot more now that I've started painting. And so I think that's something that we should just sit with a lot more as artists, um, no matter the medium. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important to get that perspective in terms of like really zooming out. I mean, social media, we've, it's been around for 10 years, 11 years, maybe 12. I think when it came out, it was maybe 2012 or 2011. It's like a very recent thing. And there's pros and cons. I mean, it's such a double-edged sword. I'm super grateful for it because it's how I've built my company. But you know, I've talked to, I've talked about this at length in previous episodes where I have to have I have really firm boundaries around the times of day I check social media. I don't check it in the morning. I don't check it in the evening. Like I have to uphold those boundaries for my mental health because we have such a large following and there's always so many messages and comments and just so there. You know, I have to be in a place to receive when I open my Instagram app. And that's not first thing in the morning. And it's definitely not right before bed. I have to be like in that mode where I'm ready to answer messages. I'm ready to post. I'm ready to show up and do the work. But if I'm not feeling that, I just don't go on. And it's been a practice to even get to that place where I had to realize, and I'm sure there are artists listening that feel like this on some level, where you have to recognize that it's safe to step away and you're not going to lose anything and it's not going to go away. And you know what? If people do stop following you because you took a 48-hour social media detox, or which I try to do pretty regularly or however long, uh, then they're not your people anyway. You know, And you can take the time that you need. I really have to practice that, you know, doing regular, I call them social media detoxes, but you know, I have to, I have to do that. And uh, and set those boundaries because I want to continue enjoying it. And I actually do enjoy uh, using the apps because I use it in a way that is more intuitive. But that came from a place of, I think a couple of years ago, feeling quite burnt out from specifically Instagram. So it's like we have to learn and we have to dial in. And I think so much of this beautiful conversation with you is about like trusting ourselves and being intuitive with our approach, whether that's to our creative practice or how we're using technology to share and promote our work. It's like really thinking about what feels right for you and and following that. I love that you mentioned how you go on these detoxes and you can't really be worried about who follows you and who or who unfollows you. Because I just gave um, a presentation on this. And one of the things I said was, you must protect your boundaries with social media. It was a, a class on social media for introverted artists. And I take regular quarterly social media hiatuses and they last seven to 10 days. And I remember the first time I did this, I was so scared that I would log back into my account and I would have no followers. And that obviously did not happen. I lost like a few followers and who cares? And so I told the individuals at this workshop, you really can't be worried about that. Um, because like you said, anybody who decides to unfollow you because you decided to go on a brief hiatus from social media probably doesn't care about your work anyway. Um, so why would you even want them following you in the first place? And I think those people probably don't have your boundaries in mind anyways. It's so important to do things like take breaks, really think about who's engaging with you, think about who is following you, think about who is, you know, commenting on your work. And I tell people all the time, you know, especially for non-males who are getting comments about, you know, like Victoria, you and I had a little conversation about um, a comment that you had that was unwanted, that really impacted you. You want to let somebody come into your home and say something to you. So why would you let someone stay on your account and say something about your work? Just get rid of them. Just block them. Like I love blocking people. It's my favorite thing to do because <laughs> it's so easy. It's it's permanent and it just eliminates the problem instantly. Just boom, done. And um, 
yeah, that's just another way to protect your mental health on social media if you so choose to use it. It's like, don't engage with these people. Just hop on and off social media as you please. Engage with who you need to engage with and get rid of people who you don't, you know, who don't respect you as an artist or as a person. Totally. It's like just, you know, dialing into what's feeling good and what's not and responding accordingly. Um, I think it's a really powerful lesson and it is a practice, you know, like you said, it's a daily practice and it is setting boundaries for yourself and it is leaning into, you know, where you find joy in your practice and maybe where you don't, you're not finding joy and how you can change that. And just remember, you know, to any artist listening to this, you can pivot at any point. I, I also, I know that when you're, I know that when you're building your art career, there's a level of like being cohesive and, you know, if you're applying to galleries and applying to shows, I get that. But the most important thing is that you are feeling creatively satisfied. So like, if that's not happening, if you're feeling called to change the style you're working in, then, you know, it's a new year. This is like kind of the perfect time to do that. So... Brittany, yes. thank you so much. Like, this is an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't even realize that I needed this conversation, but I think that I did. So it's kind of perfect timing. And uh, you're amazing. I'm just, you know, we're so happy to have you on the magazine team, but also just learning more about you and your work and your journey as a visual artist and as an artist consultant uh, has been really enlightening and inspiring as well. Um, where can our listeners learn more about you? Uh, website, Instagram. You can learn more about me from my Instagram, which is at Brittany.m.read, or you can head to my website, which is www.brittanymread.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Brittany. And to everyone who tuned into this conversation, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.